0: Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. So uh, let's pick it up tonight. We're going to go right to, if we can, Matthew, the fruit of fasting, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. You all ready to grow? Okay. Moreover, when you fast, this is Jesus, not if, but when. Moreover, when you fast, in the New Testament church, they fasted on Wednesday and Friday till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist church, you couldn't be an ordained Methodist minister way back when unless you fasted every Wednesday and Friday till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that would set some people apart, wouldn't it? So notice this to be a lifestyle. And the big idea, I want to give you the big idea to walk away with tonight at the very beginning, and then we're going to break it down, explain it, and remind you at the end. But the big idea is this. Fasting will remove All barriers to your prayers. Fasting will remove all barriers to your prayers. So tonight I want to help you. You say, Pastor, I've been praying about this. It hasn't happened. Pastor, I'm praying over that. I'm really struggling. Pastor, I've been praying. Nothing's happening. I want to help you with that tonight. I want to solve that problem. Fasting removes. So through a fast, you can identify Conquer and remove whatever the barrier is, is keeping your prayers from being answered. Well, that's worth Wednesday night right there. So when you fast, not if, but when should be a lifestyle. Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. So we're not fasting unto men. We're fasting unto God. We're not fasting for man. We're fasting for God. Now, last Wednesday night, I gave you the story at the very beginning, how that Kim and I got a hold of fasting through a book by Paul young Cho, Seoul, Korea, largest church in the world. He's now in heaven. Had one million members. He had this mountain called Prayer Mountain. He had people 724 praying and fasting around the clock. No wonder he had the largest church in the world. And we got a hold of that book. It changed our life. And the first church we ever pastored was in Moberly, Missouri. It was a denominational church. I shared the story last Wednesday night how they had barriers, and through prayer and fasting, God removed those barriers and did a miracle that couldn't happen for several decades. Same thing in your life, God can do for you what he did for us, and you're setting in a ministry that's a product of prayer and fasting. I'm thinking of all the guest speakers we had behind this pulpit. I'm thinking of all the events and all the Sundays and all the Wednesdays, all the Saturday night services in this building. I'm thinking of God's faithfulness, and I'm thinking of the barriers that we had to break through, you know, in our county. There are churches right now that are doing what they're doing because you broke the barrier. Do you know when I came here and Kim came here and we started Church on the Rock? Do you know the largest church in this entire county like ours, was 100 people. Did you know that? That was the largest word of faith, charismatic. That was the largest that they were were 100 members in this county. You know, Church on the Rock, God used you to break barriers. You know, bus ministry. We were the first church in this county to have billboards. We were the first church in this county to have a daily TV program. We were the first church in this county to have a youth center. We were the first church in this county to have a skate park. We're the first. So God's using you to break barriers. Okay. So it's real important then tonight, if you're struggling and you need a spiritual tsunami, you need to put some pressure on your circumstances. You can do it through prayer and fasting. So it says, we don't fast unto men I saying to you, they have their reward, but you, when you fast again, not if it should be a lifestyle. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that you appear not unto men to fast. So we're not fasting unto men for their notoriety or for their acknowledging it, feeling sorry for us, having sympathy for us, but we're fasting unto the Father, which is in secret. And look at this, and he will reward you openly. So we establish the fact that when you fast, you should expect God to reward you. Now, remember, God can't reward us unless we're acting in faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So a fast without faith is Jenny Craig and Slim Fast. That's all it is. So you've got to use your faith when you're fasting. You've got to believe God, release your faith for you to get the reward that God wants to give you as a result of your fast. So number one, I'm going to give you three points tonight. Number one, fasting removes pride and is an act of humility. The thing that God hates more than anything else, what do you think it is? It, you are, you get an A. That's what it is. It's not alcohol. It, it's not fornication. It's not adultery. All those things God is displeased with. But the number one thing that he hates more than anything else in our life, the number one barrier, you know, I've had the staff ask me down through the years when I do mentoring with them, one-on-one coaching, Pastor, what do you think is the greatest hindrance for people in the ministry? They don't grow and they quit, they give up, and they never finish. And I said pride, pride, pride. God hates pride more than any other thing. Number one. Why did Lucifer fall? Pride, right? Pride comes before a fall, right? In the the Hebrew language, it says pride comes before destruction. Pride will destroy your destiny. Pride will destroy what God wants to do in our life. So fasting removes pride and is an act of humility. You all with me, family? Well, this is huge. Humility, now I'm going to take you to the book of Leviticus. Don't let me lose you there. You think Leviticus, Pastor, is all about sacrifices and all about the law. Well, remember this statement. Humility is a requirement to receive God's best. I can't receive God's best without being teachable, correctable, adjustable, and flexible. I have to have God's best humility is a requirement. A lot of people are praying and asking God for things, but they don't know how to receive from God. A lot of Christians, I've been here a long time, a lot of Christians don't know how to receive from God. What do you mean? I have to be in a position of fear of the Lord, reverence of the Lord, and an attitude of humility, right? Right? So humility is a what? Requirement to receive God's best. And fasting is an act of humility, okay? So let's go to Leviticus chapter 16, verse 21 through 31. Now, don't let me lose you here, because I know he that hath an ear is going to hear tonight. I know Wednesday night, you're at a different level. You're the elite. You're God's elite, amen? Okay, and this shall be a statute forever unto you that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you will afflict your souls. Fasting is afflicting your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your feelings, and your emotions. Fasting here is referred to in the affliction of your soul. So notice it says, you will afflict your soul, okay, or fast, and do not work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. Okay, hey guys, okay. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and you will afflict Fasting is afflicting or humbling your soul by a statue forever, okay? So we see there that, we'll go back to that. We see there then that that was a requirement when they were to come in with their sacrifices, when they were to come in before the Lord, when they were to come in to receive from the Lord, they were to afflict their soul. Your soul is your emotions, your will, your feelings. They were to fast. So fasting is or afflicting or humbling ourselves is requirement to come into the presence of the Lord and receive from him what he has for us number 2 okay fasting this is so awesome fasting brings guidance it brings protection it brings provision safety success and look at this answered prayer fasting brings guidance Protection, provision, safety, success, and answered prayer. Life is a journey, right? Life is a journey, and we're to enjoy that journey, right? It's what we become on the journey to our destiny. That's what's important. It's not the destination. It's who we become on this life journey towards our destination, So I want want to say one more time, then we're going to go to the Scripture. Don't want you to forget this. Fasting brings guidance, protection, provision, safety, success, and what? Answered prayer. And we started off with a big idea. Fasting removes barriers to your prayers. Okay? So we're going to go to Ezra chapter 8. Verse 21 through 23. Y'all still with me? So Ezra is taking Israel from Babylon exile back to Jerusalem. So in other words, he's taking them back to where they belong. Ezra is taking the people of God on a journey. You are on a journey tonight. I'm on a journey tonight, and I need God's guidance, protection, provision, safety, success, And answered prayer. So we're going to learn from this, okay? I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ah, that we might what? Humble ourselves. What is fasting? Humility. What is fasting? Afflicting your soul. What is fasting? Telling your flesh, no. Your flesh is to be a servant, not a master. Your flesh, my flesh, is to be a servant and not a master. We're to rule our emotions, they are not to rule us. We are to rule our appetite, it's not to rule us. Did you ever think about the fall of man was over food? Garden of Eden? They say an apple. I don't know if we really know what the fruit was, right? Okay, so then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ah, that we might humble ourselves before our God. To do what? To seek him for the right way. You need to seek him through prayer and fasting for the right mate, right job, right house, right neighborhood, right car, right investment, right doctor, right medication. You need to seek the Lord for the right way. That's called guidance. So they're on a journey. He's bringing them back from exile back to their homeland, to Jerusalem. And what does he do? He He fasts. And they humble themselves, so fasting is an act of humility. Humility is a requirement to receive from God guidance. Okay? So therefore, I proclaimed to fast there at the river of Aha, that we might humble ourselves before God. You need wisdom for the weekend, wisdom for a court case, wisdom for a surgery, wisdom for purchasing a house, selling a house, wisdom for more vendors, more clients. A, a, a more sales. You need. What do you need wisdom for tonight? Fasting will bring that to you. Guidance, so we will have the right way for us, for our family, and all of our possessions. Fasting affects my possessions and provision. What I have and what I don't have and what I need. Oh boy, I'm going to... I can't remember, I used to do a Jericho march. I used to run up around the balcony. I'd I'd trip over people because we had chairs sitting out up there. It was so full, chairs were in the aisles. You Remember this? Chairs were in the aisles, chairs were in the altar, chairs all across the top, and I'd do a Jericho march. Crazy, 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 okay? For I was ashamed to request of the king to ask him for protection. So either I can go God's way, or man's way. I can either get God's wisdom or go through carnality. I can either ask God or try to figure it out on my own. I don't want to figure it out on my own. And I don't want to go man's way. And I don't want to lean to the arm of the flesh. And I don't want to make man my source. God's my source. For I was ashamed to request of the king, as the king, for escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy. What's that? Protection. Protection. Because he had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. Oh, Only good is going to come out of you coming on Wednesday night because you're seeking the Lord. Only good is going to come out of those 21 day fast because you're seeking the Lord. Fasting removes barriers to all your prayers. I love this. So we see protection, we see provision, we see guidance, we see success. That the hand of our God is upon safety upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against those who forsake him. Well, I don't want to forsake him. I need him. How about y'all? Okay? Isn't this a powerful passage of Scripture? So we fasted, and we asked God for all of this, and God... Answered, are prayer. I love that. Are you struggling with unanswered prayer tonight? I'm giving you the answer. Are you struggling with you've been praying about your healing? It's not coming. Your finance is not happening. Somebody's harassing you. You feel unsafe. You're, you're, you're mentally being tormented. I'm showing you tonight how to remove all those barriers to all your prayers and get your prayers answered. Whoa, come on. Let's don't patty cake. Let's give the Lord a praise. Woo! woo. Isn't that good? So it goes back to the very beginning. The big idea is this. Fasting removes all barriers to my prayers. Whether provision, protection, safety, uh, whether promotion, success, guidance. What's the right way for me, God? He wanted to know the right way. He didn't want to be in the wrong side of town at the wrong time and get shot by a drive-by shooting. Seriously, you didn't want to be at a gas station and get robbed while you're there and get shot. What's the right way for me to go home tonight? You know, years ago, we had somebody chasing Kim and I down, trying to hurt us, and, and we had the, the sheriff's department protecting us, and I had, I had to wear, uh, a, what, yeah, up here preaching. And we had this person harassing us and coming after us. And here's what the sheriff's department told us. Never go home the same way. Always go a different way. Okay? So I want to know the right way. I want to know, God, the right way to build a family, the right way to build a marriage, the right way to start a business, the right way to serve you, the right way to fulfill my ministry, the right way to invest. God, I want to know the right way. You all hear? That's what he said, right? Okay, so this is number two. And number three, fasting can change history. Oh, I like it. Fasting can change history. Oh, thank you, Lord. So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 21. And this is the prophet and King Ahab. Now, you know, Ahab was one of the worst kings ever. You talk about an evil a government or an evil leader, uh, an evil king. The Bible says he was the evil of the evil. And he had a wife, what was her name? Jezebel. Okay? They were one bad couple. Okay? So here's the prophet talking to King Ahab. I want you to see that prayer can change history. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebal like the house of Basha. And he's listing all these things, which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. what he's saying here is this I wiped all of them out and all of their children and all of their offsprings. And Ahab, I can do that to you. I can wipe you out. This is God talking through the prophet. I can wipe you out for what you're doing to my people and your children and your children's children, and you will never be remembered. I can do this, Ahab. Verse 23. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, the dogs will eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. And that happened, didn't it? The dogs shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city, and the birds of the air will eat whoever dies in the field. I would call this a curse, wouldn't you? But there was no one like Ahab, no one evil as he was in government, leadership. No one as evil as him who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. And he behaved very abominably in following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard the prophet, what did he do? He fasted. He prayed and fasted. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted in sackcloth, and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying this. See how Ahab has what? Now God's about to knock him out. God's about to destroy him and kill him. But God changes his mind, not his character. Disaster is about to come to a nation, to a government. It's about to be wiped out. But because He received the word of the Lord, and what did he do? He humbled himself. He prayed and he fasted. God prolonged that. God prolonged that. So through prayer and fasting, he changed history. Oh, I hope you're with me. I hope you make the analogy of what's going on in our country right now. America's not going to go to hell in a handbasket because you're praying and you're fasting, right? That's why we're doing this after church on Wednesday night for these 30 minutes, it's for your children, it's for the public school system, it's for our government, it's for the local authorities, it's for your neighborhood. Yeah, you can change history. God, you know, I'm hearing this on one side, judgment's coming to America, and it is. But it can be prolonged. It can be prolonged. And see how Ahab humbled himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days, nor in the days of his son, I will bring calamity on his house. So the next generation received it, okay? But it was prolonged because he humbled himself, prayed, and fasted. You can change history through fasting. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, a second time saying, aren't you glad he's the God of a second chance? He's the God of a second time. He's the God of a second chance. He never gives up on you, and he never gives up on me. Okay, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was a great city, three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And he cried and he said, yet 40 days in Nineveh, you are going to be destroyed. Judgment on Nineveh is coming. Okay. Fasting can change history. Fasting can keep the judgment of God for abortion, knocking God out of schools and government and all this going on in our nation, which is terrible and disgusting, But if God's people will humble themselves, pray and fast, it can prolong the judgment to another generation. So the people of Nineveh believed God. And what did they do? Jonah's saying, hey, you guys are going to be crispy critters. God's going to shoot down fire upon here. You're going to be destroyed. And what did they do? They humbled themselves. And they proclaimed a fast from the greatest to the least. And did you know their animals fasted as well? And the word came to the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, he laid off his robe, and with sackcloth he sat in ashes, and he fasted too. And he proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and the nobles said that neither man nor animal, it's biblical, man nor animal, herd nor flock, taste anything, it's called a corporate fast, and it's really corporate. I know my dog wouldn't like going on a fast. She had eggs and Ezekiel toast this morning. She wouldn't like that. (laughs) Taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. What's happening here? Jonah's going to Nineveh. Nineveh is terrible, and God's about to destroy it. And Jonah preaches the message, but the people respond in a way that Jonah didn't want them to respond. He wanted them to burn. Okay? He wanted them to burn. But then what, what happened? They responded to the teaching and the preaching. They humbled themselves, prayed, repented, and God prolonged the judgment. Oh, praise God. It can change history. But let the man and the beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from their evil way and from the violence that's in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their fasting and prayer that turned them from their evil way. And God changed his mind, not his character, but changed his mind from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, but he did not do it. Oh, my goodness. Fasting. Look at these three points tonight. Fasting removes barriers to all your prayers. Fasting helps you on your journey, and we looked at Esther, Ezra, excuse me, and all that happened there. Fasting, we found out in Leviticus, when we fast, we position ourselves, we humble ourselves to receive God's blessing on our sacrifices, which today were to be a living sacrifice, okay? So we can't have God's best without an attitude of humility, and pride is the number one thing that God hates more than anything else, and fasting will remove pride from my life, position me so I can receive God's best. So what are the takeaways? The takeaways are this, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Pastor Kim's going to lead us tonight. If my people on Wednesday night at Church on the Rock who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He's talking to church folk wicked ways. You may not have any, but you could talk to Pastor Kim. I got some that I need to leave. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Can God restore America? Can God save America from judgment? Yes, America deserves judgment. But through God's people praying and fasting, we can prolong it to a future generation, then hopefully that generation that you've taught will do what they need to do in that generation as well. So number one, I need to humble myself as the team comes. Number two, I need to pray. Wow, I need to pray. And you know what? I need to find out what God's word says and then pray it. Listen very carefully. I've been a Christian for a half century. A lot of times we pray too quick. A lot of times we pray too quick. Now, I know where to pray first, but you need to get a scripture to stand on before you pray. You need to get a scripture to stand on before you pray because the scripture is the will of God. Am I right? So take away, humble myself, pray, seek God's will. Not my will, but God's will. And number four, repent of my sin. Number five, thank him for the answer. I'm done. Did y'all get something tonight on the fruit of fasting? Can we thank God for the word tonight? Everybody, Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Six of you are excited about it. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah, Father. We receive the word tonight. We thank you, Father. We can change history. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you praise him with me right now? Glory to God. Glory to God. You want to see God move? You got to praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. We repent for the sin of this nation, the debauchery. We, re- we repent, God. We repent for our evil ways. We ask you to heal our land. We ask you for revival. We ask you for a move of God. We ask you, God, in Jesus' name, delay your judgment on this nation. Delay your judgment on this nation. Heal our land. Move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, we thank you for doing it. We praise you for doing it. We magnify your name. Oh, Father, help us to realize the potential and the power and the privilege of fasting. Glory to God. Glory to God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to pray a corporate prayer tonight. But if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God. And, you know, you can go to church all the time and not have a relationship with God. Kim and I, we did our internship to get out of college. We stayed in a, a family of that church we were interning. We stayed in their home. That man was a former pastor in a certain denomination. He told Kim and I one day, the whole time he was a pastor in that denomination, and it was a Baptist, by the way, he said, I wasn't born again. He was the pastor of a Baptist church for years. And he told us, you know what? I preached it, I taught it, but I was never born again. Don't take things for granted. Don't assume. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not for sure that my sins are forgiven. I want to help you be sure. You've got to be sure. You've got to be confident. Or you might say, Pastor, I love the Lord, Pastor. That's why I come on Wednesday night. I want more. But, Pastor, God's dealing with me to deal with some issues in my life and recommit. Satan is afraid of all-in committed Christians. Satan is afraid of all-in committed Christians. You see, Pastor, I want to reset my life. Whoever you are, and those of you that listen to this in the future, this teaching I want to pray a corporate prayer right now. We're all going to pray it together. And let's help everybody. You don't know who you're impacting tonight. You have no idea. So let's all pray it together. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I repent of all my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for me, and He rose again. Jesus come into my heart, come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I surrender my life to you. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org nextsteps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.